Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV. Lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Chris and Bill Tenney Britton here today talking to you about chaos from the chaos of our lives, sitting obviously, or maybe not obviously, but we're in our living room because... We've had some chaos in our house. Isn't it interesting the way chaos can just sneak up on you? You can wake up one morning and have chaos. You could walk into your church and discover chaos. chaos. In fact, we did back in 2020, about March of 2020, and yeah. chaos started then. But this is a different kind of chaos. And we decided this is we a would. Chaos. It's a stinky kind yeah. of chaos. Rapid we'll chaos. talk about it. <laughs> talk about that in a minute. The, the bottom line is, is that, that we are talking to you from here because we are experiencing some chaos. We'll talk about that. But we decided to do an unscripted show to talk about the chaos that can happen in your life and in your church and some of the things that we've learned um, and we've known for a while, but we've been able to apply to learn and teach about how you deal with chaos in your life and in your church. Well, and I will say that um, uh, uh, the way that we're maneuvering through this chaos at this moment is because of our experience with chaos, right? right? And in the church, especially, I'd say. Uh, but how in a church, uh, in, in our consulting, in our coaching with right. pastors and churches. Exactly. So here's here's what happened. Here's the backstory. Here's the backstory. Two weeks ago or so, we um, we woke up to this rather odd smell in our house. Odd it, being the, an odd word for that because it was unpleasant it was unpleasant <laughs> but we do have dogs and we That's thought true. well you know maybe uh it was a dog but we were not finding any dog messes and we thought oh who knows what it is what's going on in town so uh, uh so we get ready and he goes down to his office which is downstairs right. we, in, in the bottom floor yeah, we have an of office house. and a studio and studio, a very nice yeah. downstairs right yeah right a finished i mean the, uh all but a little bit of our basement is is finished we don't even think of that as our, our basement, you know, we have like a full bar entertainment area, a uh, a pool table is down there. Sitting, and his, ro- yeah. sitting space with the television. Uh, it's just it's a right. wonderful entertainment our space. Our library, right? right. I mean, right. almost two, all of our two, library. 2,000 books out Are right there, now, right? right? We're out. So, so yeah, and yeah. So, so I go into the office and it's about yay deep in water. It's about this much above the carpet. Uh, and it is, as she says, rather unpleasant smell. And so I go to the laundry room, which is the part of the unfinished piece of the basement. And the floor pump, the, the floor drains have backed up and backed up and backed up. And it's backed up through the studio into my office. And it turns out when we had the professionals come actually throughout the whole basement. So you notice he did say that word professional. Um, we started with... Um, well, we started with, with me just trying to clean it up. Yeah, you know, uh, how mean, many of... How oh, big I don't is know. that? Like five yeah, gallons five or something? Gallon five gallon wet dry, dry back. And I vacuumed and vacuumed and up and down. It was making and, no progress. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, did everything you thought. But then the next day, there was still... It was back. The yeah. water was back. And at that point, we knew we needed to call somebody because... We didn't really know how to handle that kind yeah, of a exactly situation. Exactly right. Yeah, and and so called our insurance agent, and then claims. we called called claims, called Rotorooter to come and and tell us what was going on, and they said, oh well, you have a blockage, and so 
uh, the Roto-Rooter people came and then they, they, when they saw the mess, they said, uh, you need to be out of here. We need to bring in uh, restoration services and whatnot because this is not safe. It was a, a, a I don't know if they call cat it class three, three. Class oh, cat three, three. there cat we are. Three. Cat three, um, the, the spill, <laughs> you know, hazmat suits kind of stuff. And they're like, you're out of here. So they have dismantled our studio. They dismantled our my office. In fact, we're not using even camera. We're using the the video on his phone. That's today. right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we because we and have probably next week. Yeah, and, well, and until we, we have our her. studio back, so yeah. so we have had to do some major adapting, and we thought we'd have the conversation with you yeah. about what do you do when there is chaos and how do you adapt? What do you do to adapt, and so on. Again, this is unscripted because we don't have our teleprompter we don't have our computer we don't have I any have some she has notes that's right to keep it? us like because we have some points we want to make here we could just she has points she wants to make i, so I just want to talk we so make, yeah, yeah. <laughs> church talk church uh, talk that's yeah. right yeah, yeah all right so when the crap i was thinking the crap hits the fan but it's more like with the crap just okay never mind floats on the floor right uh, and just <laughs> Now you can't take back that image, we know. Uh, you are welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, husband. Uh, yeah, but we do. We do engage chaos, and we engage chaos at the church. I mean, we we walk into that, right, with no... And there's, there's all sorts of different chaoses you right. can walk it, into. Uh, yeah. You know, there, I mean, there's, there's a sewage spill. There's the what happens if weather hits or a flood in your area hits and your church is closed down or... Um, is un uninhabitable. What happens if you come in one Sunday and you found out your senior pastor has quit? Or, or died. Or died. I, right. I know a secretary and they couldn't find the senior pastor and she's looking for him and the last place she hadn't looked for him was in the restroom and that's where he was. He had died. I mean, what do you do with that? Right. And, right? you know, and, and so there's there's opportunities and you will experience some of chaos on a regular basis and we all experienced it again back in march of 2020 when COVID hit and suddenly we can't worship in our buildings right and but and chaos in the church though isn't just about what's happening in the church it can be about what's happening in our own private personal life that we can bring you know chaos can hit us in the face but we also can carry it in with us right. so and you and you you've probably been around people who brought their chaos to church with them and created chaos within oh your congregation yes yeah. so, yeah. and we those are the people we pray for God to remove in one way or another a lot of times. Okay, that's another episode. Well, for those, who bring, those who bring different different kind of chaos, they yes. bring some bring chaos because of, you know, right. I think I think of a, a friend of ours who had um, um, some mental issues and um, she came to church and swore that there was a gas leak. Oh, mercy. And literally in the middle of worship service cleared the sanctuary because she could smell a gas leak. There, there wasn't a gas leak. But it created chaos. And so we want to talk about some of the ways in which we can need to deal, can deal, should deal, um, the tools that we have for dealing with chaos. So, well, we're facing it. Right. I mean, sometimes we can't deal with it. When I think about dealing, I think about playing with it, you know, like dealing a deck of cards with handling it, which it's not always handable, hand handable. But we have whatever, to deal with right? it one way or the we, other. You can't just to, ignore yeah, address it. It's not it. No, going right. away. Right. We have to so address I, it. So when we I talk about to, dealing with it, okay. I don't mean necessarily solving so, it. You, okay, have, you have to work through it. You, 
work the, with it if in you spite will, of it. The show must go on, and now that may not be worship. Worship may not be able to go on, or your worship service may not be able to go on, as we did right. in March. Um, or, or you may not be able to use your building, use your office, as the case may be. But the show, the, the, the evangelism, the discipleship, right. The ministry. work of the church, the ministry of the church, must go on. It doesn't get to take a break. And that includes even those of us who are getting older. You don't get to retire. You, the show must go on. The work must go on, regardless of the chaos. Right. Okay. So um, now I lost my train of thought. Give me a minute. That was Just intentional. Just bear with me for a so. second. That's why he, he had to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Okay. And a lot of us have, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Like emergency plans. Like if this happens, we know this is what we plans. need. Contingency plans. Contingency right. plans. In fact, I just okay. was, uh, there's, a, there's an, an article in Net Results Magazine. Oh. This issue, which is the uh, November-December issue of 2021, that you'll want to look at because uh, Church Mutual, they write a regular column oh, for us, yeah. and they talk about making contingency plans in that in that um, issue. A fabulous, fabulous uh article about how a church can make contingency plans for this very issue of, of what happens when chaos hits. I love that. Yeah. So there you are. Okay. Well, the other piece is there are a lot of, of um, circumstances, situations that we can't prepare for, that we would never think of happening. So uh, that's why I made some notes about right. what, what do we do with, with those? How do we handle that? Um, the first piece is uh, you've heard me say this over and over again. Uh, sometimes all we can say is it is what it is. <clears throat> and I, it's easy to blame. It's easy to look at, you know, why did this happen? And, and that may be, uh, that, that can be valid depending on that, that situation or whatever. But often when we ask, why did this happen? It's usually defined who, who was responsible, right? That blame piece. We, we immediately look to, and I, I'm probably going to totally forget this, Wuhan or whatever in China when COVID hit. Yeah. You know, hey, we got to find, because it's obviously that the Chinese did this. And it was like, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any difference where it originated from. We have to deal with it. Now, it's it's important for science to do so. Right, to know. To know, yeah. and so they can, if, if there's something to deal with. But by and large, you just got to deal with what's there in front right. of you. And, you know, why did the Mississippi flood and uh, the Hannibal Church get, you know, had the basement was filled up? Well, it, you know, dealing with the cause is kind of pointless. What you need to deal with is we have a flooded sanctuary or a flooded basement or whatever. What are we going to do now? And we can deal with the cause later if it's yeah. within our purview to right. do so. Not everything is. Right. Right. And I can hear some of us thinking out there, some of them thinking that, well, it's really important to know the cause, but we're talking about in the immediate now. You have to say it is what it is. This is where we are. And you've got to gather, you're going to have to keep hurting people in and around you because they're going to be the people that are, uh, why did this happen, right? And then they're going to be out there, this is what we have to do to fix it. And then there'll be somebody else who has an opinion to, to how they're going to fix it. So we are all going to start with it is what it is. And I think that this is when things like breathing exercises and doing this with people, if you're in sanctuary, in, in classes, wherever it is that you're moving around. And if you're not in the sanctuary or not in your building, then on, on Zoom or however your, whatever your platform is, your video platform, and just say, really, 
breathe with me. Breathe in, four and out. Or and, it. and let me let me get past our breathing for a moment because I agree with you, but okay, we, good, we're, we're, good, not, good. we're not breathing here. But the, I was that, trying to get them to breathe. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but we have twenty minutes total. <laughs> so one of the one of the realities of what you're saying is is that yes, when the chaos is there, there'll be people who are going to want to go this direction, and that direction, this direction, that direction, and that becomes a huge distraction right. from the ministry of the church. And the the focus must be your mission. How do we how do we continue pursuing our mission even within the chaos or in spite of the chaos or as we work through the chaos. And one of the ways of doing that is to, to, to designate a team who will be the, if you will, the crisis management team. They're the ones who make decisions. There's the ones who are going to um, tell the congregation, essentially, this is the direction we're going to handle, to deal with, to work through, to mitigate uh, this crisis so that we can get, uh, get bit back on track. I know that we... Uh, the congregation that we attend, that when COVID hit, the first thing they did is well, they put they put a back to church team and a and a um, that team, and we didn't go back to church for over a year. Over a year. Um, and and so most of their work wasn't about going back to church. It was how do we deal with this? How what are we doing with worship? What are we doing with discipleship? And that team became the funnel through which the decisions were made. We still had the board and all that, but they were the immediate crisis handling team, and the, the project team, if you will. And and it's helpful. To have that kind of a team, to put that kind of team together quickly, and perhaps even having that team set up prior to any chaos so you know who you're going to turn to, so that when there's an incident, that you have an incident response team who is there and able to make good, solid decisions. So you're making me think um, about... It's kind of like an emergency management team. Oh, that's right? that's, a, that's a, yeah. I could, I, could come up with a name. That's great. Yeah, that's a, emergency uh, management emer- team. Yeah, because it's not just about emergency response. You want people who you know, that people are seeing whom they can trust and and whatnot. Right. Um, and because again, I mean, we've seen this in so many different situations, and perhaps you've experienced yourself. It's it's common that you've got people with competing ideas, right? Different ideas, and some voices are louder than others. And this, um, I call them gorillas. There are gorillas who wait for something to be upset with you in conflict intervention. So you just think of gorillas. Um, G well, anyways, and, and they leap out of and the tree. They leap out of trees at you, right? right. And, and they wait for an opportune moment and and a crisis a chaotic situation can be one of those moments oh those are the key moments quite honestly all right so you want uh your this uh emergency management team ready uh ready to be mobilized um and you may have to add a person to that and that's somebody who knows about what that is like okay so this is what i'm thinking about so you said we called Roto Rooter. Right. So my phone is ringing. If y'all can hear that, and we are literally in our in our living room. Not that, in our not yeah. in our soundproof and studio. This, no, it's <laughs> back in the bedroom. So that's we're just being real here. Right. Uh, anyways, we we called Roto Rooter, and we know nothing about about sewage cleanup or anything like that. And Roto Rooter has a uh, a project manager. Right. You know, they have a site. I I don't know, like a supervisor or something, a crew chief maybe. But but Matt has been our our go-to person and he is walking us through all of this and and our claims adjuster was asking us questions and my response is like 
I have no idea even what you're asking or talking about. But Matt does, and Matt is able to answer those questions and, so and need, explain things to right. us, so right? So you'll need your Matt. You need a Max. You, you need Matt. M-A-T-T. Yeah, not Max. Well, I, I thought you were going to say Matt. I did say Matt, but I uh, thought you were th- talking about, like, laying on the floor Matt. No, no, Although no. those it, are helpful in these situations. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> having, having had them jackhammer an inch out of the concrete because the sewage ran under the concrete in our basement. Yeah, it really We're going to show you pictures. We yeah. have two, what are those called? They're not pods. pods. They're called oh, pods. Okay, containers, metal containers. One in our driveway and one in the street, which I know our neighbors, neighbors love us. Uh, one in the street with almost everything that was downstairs. All our books. And that's, you know, the, the, here's, here's the deal is that, 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 that they had people Five. for two days going up and boxing our books and taking them. Anyway, all that's say, going back to the project management. Go for it. In your emergency management team, you need, you need to have your boss. But as you point out, you may need to bring someone in who's a specialist. In our case, during COVID, we brought in a nurse, who um, a public health nurse, who was a member of the church, who we brought in to actually be one of the leads of the team because she could make the best decisions for the health and the safety and well-being of our congregation. But so. the management team had to, you know, you were all part of that decision. That's right. yeah, it did yeah. not fall on Right, on right. Her. She brought her expertise right. and the team That's made right. the decisions. That's but right. they were largely, right. the decisions were made based on the information that we knew from our congregation and from our nurse. So yeah. whatever, you bring in someone for whatever crisis you're in to you know, uh, spearhead and, and bring advice to the team. Right, and, uh, and you wanna make sure that you follow all of your congregation's uh, you know, ways of, of working, right? You, you mentioned the board. Oh, stay, uh, the stay, within board. Your, yeah. stay within your organizational yeah. structure yeah. for stay, decision making. Stay there, right. And so, um, so you're able, they won't make just decisions. Again, I wanna keep doing this back and forth with Matt and Matt. And uh, and Roto Rooter, you know, Matt's not making all those decisions. He's got accountability with our our claims adjuster, and he has accountability with us. You know, they didn't start taking up, you know, two feet or whatever of the bottom of our walls until he talked to us and right. said, "Hey, this is what we well, and we he need brought to in, do. He's brought in a general contractor who right. will who will run for the reconstruction. That's to come. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, a, and a, a contractor who knows this in particular, right. who who is experienced in restoration, restoration type of work. All right. So, all right. so it is what it is and it bring, is in, what it bring is. in an emergency bring management team. Bring in a management team and make a plan and follow your plan, but don't get too married to your plan because sometimes plans have to be adjusted. And in our case, again, they, they had done all the sop up work and they th- thought they were well done. And then they brought in some equipment and discovered that there was water under the concrete, um, sewage water, which they c- cannot leave because it's unsafe. And so they literally had to bring in jackhammers. They had no intention of doing that. We had no intention of, of I don't want to say letting them do that. It wasn't listening in our plan either. It. Yeah, listening to it for two days as they jackhammered the concrete out of our basement. But the, the deal is, is that you, you have to allow for various contingencies and you have to be flexible. You know, I want to go back to your conversation stay within your congregation's polity and your the, the way we make decisions that there are times when you need your your leadership team your board may need to defer and say you can make the decisions yes that oh, you totally need to, that, that we're putting it in your hands and we will rubber stamp what you do now yeah. you can't do that if you don't have people you, you trust right. 
if you don't trust the people on the team, they then should be you, on there. That's right. Exactly right. And that's a beautiful point because so often we put people on teams and we sometimes put them on our teams because we we think that if we do that, they'll get more active. Maybe they weren't very active and now we we'll get more active. Or I, I had a pastor who I, I I wanted to just slap three or four times, maybe not, but maybe, who said, I need to have someone who is, um, I don't want to say cantankerous, but who will who will not agree with me, who is an antagonistic towards me because I want them on the team so that I don't just have yes people. And I looked at him and said, you're going to get what you deserve. And he did. That, that congregation went nowhere. Um, and because you want people who will um, you can trust. And if you can't trust them, then don't put them on the team. Well, so. And that needs the board needs to be that way as well. Right. Yeah, well, and I do yeah, want leadership. Right. You ought to be able to trust. And, and another part of that is that you shouldn't have to keep going back to the board for permission. Boards right. are supposed to be, and this is a whole lot of other uh, uh, episodes. Yeah, that, you know, your board is a policymaking. Uh, right. Not a management board. Not a management board. Right. That's why you have Man an emergency management team. Why you have okay. staff, why you have ministry right. teams, right. and they run the ministry. Right. The board does the policy. Okay. So I have a couple more points here, but I do want to say too about not getting married to your plan. Uh, I asked him, he he came to me at 9 a.m. this morning when Roto-Rooter is coming and, uh, and and it was wonderful. You talked to, or you put up uh, something on, on their page and asked for an appointment. This is the problem. Within just a few minutes, somebody uh, called you and then they said, we'll be there. We'll have someone there for you in half an hour. And within about 30 minutes, or so that person uh, was there and shortly after that he comes up it's about 9 a.m. and he says to me you need to come down and decide what it is you can't live with we can't live with for can't the live next, without yeah live without <laughs> okay for the next can't live with the smell that's what we can't next, live with <laughs> yeah take that out for the next month and I said what and so he's he talks more slowly and and uh and a little louder to tell me they have to take everything out of here and we have to decide what it is that we need. Tripods. Tripods for yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> like what are we talking about? But okay, so but you mentioned a month, right? right? So I start thinking, oh my gosh, Thanksgiving. Is Thanksgiving a month away? Wait, we have people. Okay, could be Thanksgiving. Well, you know, today, now I'm saying to him, when do you think that contractor might be here? How long do you think it might be? So, you know, my plan started out as, okay, it'll be a month. But I also started thinking, wow, that might be way past Thanksgiving. Right. You know, who knows? So don't be married to your plan and, and don't get so, uh, like, married uptight about it. And, and here's another piece of what I, I want to say with this. And, and that is, you have to have a place to vent your emotions, what uh, your frustrations, your fears. You know, those of us that are in leadership, uh, I believe in transparency, but we still are, are the minister, the leader. People aren't there to take care of us right? We're there to assess, to mitigate, but a lot of us uh, minister types, right? We act as pastors and we, we, uh, we want to take care of our people, but we also so often, uh, I, I watch this over and over again, where the people are taking care of the pastor. 
so uh, again, that's another episode or two about where you find your support, but it is not amongst your congregants. And you've got to find some place and, and some people, hopefully you're building friendships or you have a outside therapist of the church. outside of the church and you've got to have that place to go so you're not beaten up on your spouse. Not that my spouse beats up on me. Um, or vice versa. Or vice versa. I try really hard, uh, hard not to do it. So the other thing when it comes to just what you said is also when you're in the midst of crisis, especially if you're the pastor, if you're the leader, it is not the time to think out loud. Because if you think out loud, you may say things that a you you may not regret, or you may come to regret, but you don't. Re- maybe they were a bad idea that just need to be discarded. But sometimes your bad ideas become the ideas that some people run with, or they will misconstrue it, and so on. So if you need to talk or think out loud, make sure you're with someone where they know you think out loud, and they know that what you say is not the law. Don't stand there and pontificate off the cuff um, in, the, in the larger group. Right, right. I like that, pontificate. And, and as you were saying, because so many times we're, we're talking out, thinking out here or in our, in a, uh, you know, with our management group even, you need to continually say, you know, I'm just thinking, walk with me here. What are you thinking? I'm not sure. What do you think? Get that feedback. Don't sit there and don't let them not think right don't let them not give input and and back and forth with you one of my fears is too when we think out loud people it's that getting stuck to a plan it's also like oh okay this is what what he said and then when we have to play out they don't understand right, right doing so that so be careful where yeah. now we are totally okay. out of time oh, no, no, no. you get one last thing i'm saying get your last thing okay in. my last but, thing is don't you become the chaos uh, again, that's why you've got to go out and mitigate your own chaos, your own frustration, your own emotions, so that when you walk in that church, you can walk in straight up, or, or maybe not the church, wherever, whatever it is, you can walk in shoulders back, head straight up. You're having trouble doing that? Go into a bathroom stall and just breathe and go like this. It makes your shoulders go up. But you stand, you be that point person. I go to a 12-step meeting and we say, um, bring your message to the meeting and leave your mess with your sponsor. And, and which is good advice. One last little piece of advice to, just to build on that. And that is, is that don't forget that you're not in this alone. Right. That you, you've got the creator of the universe who's looking at this little crisis that you're having, no matter how big it seems to you, that in the scope of eternity, in the scope of your life, in the scope of this week probably, it's not the biggest thing you have to deal with. Take a breath, remember who you are and whose you are, and walk forward with the confidence that in the end, it's going to be good. And if it, if, if it feels like the end and it's not good, it's not the end. This is a kind, I'm thinking people, you may feel like you're lonely, you're in on this, who do I talk to, where can I go? That's what effective church group is all about, right? And so you can go up, you know, you know the pages and everything else, but you know, we offer coaching and, and we do consulting and we can be there to, uh, to walk with you. Uh, so where would they go to get that information? Effectivechurch.com or shoot us an email. Hey. We are out of time, and I just want to point out that the the newest issue of Net Results is out. The uh, November, December 2021 issue is on change management, and it deals with 
chaos and craziness of leadership sometimes. Great issue. Great um, writers. Yeah, and great writers, people who are in the trenches. <laughs> it's good to see you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you. Have, Have a great, great week. week.